Welcome to the Inkspire podcast from Tharstern, the show that helps you turn your printing company into a bionic business. Here is your host, Ross Edwards. Hello, and thanks for joining me on the Inkspire podcast, where each week we cover at least one of the three strategies that will help you build a bionic business, technology, culture, and process. Each episode, I'm joined by a different guest to chat about their experience and insight into being bionic and leading the way in the ever-changing industry of print. And today, I'm really excited to be joined by Carl Seats, who um, claims to be the T-boy, but is actually uh, head of partnership for Zykeo. So, Carl, thank you very much for, for joining us today. An absolute pleasure to be here, Ross. Thanks for inviting me. No worries. No worries. So, the, the the topic of conversation today is 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 a, I guess going to centre around integration, interoperability, and connectivity, and and how all them things connect or maybe don't connect, and and, uh, and and what that means for a print and packaging business. But before we get into that, Carl, it, it'd be good to um, know a bit more about you. How how did you get into the industry? What's your what's your background? Well, um, we, we could go back, I suppose, 20 years. Um, I've always, since leaving the university, been into software. Software was my thing. And, and, and with the adoption of the internet by the average person in the UK, there have been huge shifts in the way that people operate their daily lives. Mm. So I've been heavily involved in that. Um, the uh, the move from, for example, high street banking to online banking, um, I was heavily yeah. involved that you move from doing your shopping in town to ebay and amazon shopping i was very yeah. heavily involved in that and more latterly um i've been involved in solutions bringing those to market that, that change people's lives without them even knowing so essentially yeah. the platformization of life if you like most latterly i created a web or rather me and my partners created a web print solution which virtually everybody in the uk uses without even realizing it um so that would be something called click and drop for the royal mail royal okay mail previously had been using uh, pen and paper and cards uh, mm. to let you know they'd been and so on. Now they have little scan mechanisms and they have, uh, um, of course, uh, QR codes and they have uh, clever little pieces of software that allow you to, rather than having to go and buy a stamp, allow mm. you to print your label at home. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've used that. So yeah, you're, behind, you're behind that then. Oh, right. That's my technology. If you buy off eBay and Amazon, you're probably using my technology. And if you um, have anything to do with online banking, you're probably using my technology there too. So my interest in the print industry was this. I was given a job at United Print to look for solutions which platformized the industry. Right. Um, and unfortunately, I never found anything. I'm, I'm reasonably adept at finding solutions or, or um, you know, coming up with, uh, with workarounds or what have you, but there, there was nothing. And the print industry was such a strange example of an industry that had never really progressed into a platformization mode. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean, not just bringing individual applications into the cloud, but actually making sure that they are interoperable with one another. And that that really was the, the main reason I drove further and further into the print industry, was because in other industries, that, that's already been taken care of. The print industry seems not to have taken what was essentially a great idea in JDF yeah. um, and made it work. That, that, that would have essentially platformized the whole industry. Mm. And that never happened. So, so my history is, is a little bit repeatable i suppose you could say yeah i come from a, a high-tech industry into a low-tech industry to turn it into a high-tech industry okay <laughs> and, that's and, and that's interesting so so you you've come in from an from another in, other industries really um and you've seen what 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 they've done and achieved using technology and platformization and yeah. um, then you, you you've, you've hit across the printing industry where you felt that that it, it's not happened what was your thoughts on you know what what you discovered as why that's not happened what have been the barriers in your you know your your experience for for that happening uh it's it's a difficult question to answer because i wasn't around in the print industry 20 years Mm -hmm. but as gdf was developed um it was such a great idea right it was such a really nice idea that all manufacturers would cooperate on a common 
standard language. So by JDF, just to, we're referring to job definition format, and this is the the scheme uh, sit forward behind as, as the concept. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, JDF will always have its place, of course, for very bespoke integrations, mm -hmm. because it requires um, a certain amount and quite a lot, in fact, of um, interpretation mm. at the end of that connection. Yeah, I think I've always seen it, Carl, as it's, it's like a universal language, but everybody has their own dialect, their own their, their own accent to it. Mm, I, I'm a linguist. Mm. I study languages at university and speak yeah. multiple languages. And I can assure you that every time you translate something, it slows that flow, flow down. Yes. It happens in the real world as much as it does in data. And in fact, there can be misinterpretations, can there not? Yes, yeah, absolutely. So, that, that, that's the answer to your, to your question. There's been a miscommunication in the industry. HP, Heidelberg, Week, all of those manufacturers should mm. realistically, for the benefit of the end user in the industry, for the benefit of the printers out there, should mm. all be speaking the same language. Mm. However, the answer to your question was, why has that not happened? Well, it's commercialization, I'm afraid. It's Heidelberg going off in one direction. It's HP going off in another direction. It's Konica going off in another direction. Canon in another. Yeah. And that's what I don't understand. I, I think there needs to be a complete re-evaluation, if you like. All of mm. those really should be speaking the same language for the benefit of the printers that they serve. And yes. That, that's really where I sit, really. Mm. I'm trying to encourage everybody to start talking that same language. It's not difficult to do. It's only, it's only going to be years and years of effort and tens of millions of pounds spent. That's all to try and make that happen. Mm. But we believe, I mean, I, I certainly wouldn't be doing this if I did not believe that actually the benefit here is universal across the entire user base, i.e. printers worldwide, but not only that, they're providers. Imagine a scenario where actually those machine vendors don't need to worry about complex complexity of those deals, those complex integrations that might have slowed down sale. The extra cost, if you like, I mean, around selling a piece of software, for example. Yes, but does it integrate with this or that or this or that? And these things eventually become the real big, heavy projects that sit around side a machine sale or a piece of software sale into an end user. The end user wants it to be, and, and, and we're getting back to that word now, interoperable. Mm -hmm. He doesn't care whether it's connected. Connectivity is nothing without interoperability. And I believe platformization of this industry, a base layer, if you like, for data, would allow everybody to speak the same language at a very fundamental level and then to operate within their cloud systems so hp within siteflow and, and heidelberg within h plus services and so on all of that still can exist in our sort of vision or my vision of this whole new print world but with a base layer so we can have platforms or clouds if you like working with other clouds mm -hmm. and that my friend, I think is the solution to the lack of interoperability in this industry is to bring everybody together and say, look, let, let's at least try to talk the same language. Yeah. And and so is, you know, my next question was going to be Zykeo. Who, who are they? What was what Zykeo about? Is that what Zykeo is? It is. I, I'm cautious not to to not to oversell Zykeo. Mm -hmm. We're here to provide some value in terms of, you know, getting people thinking about it. Of things. course. Yeah, okay, so so the reason I'm so passionate about this is because a few years ago, um, whilst looking for a solution for the print industry as a whole, I yeah. came across a, a couple of young guys in um, in Dresden, uh, sorry, in Germany, and I found that what they wanted to do was very akin to what I believed needed to happen to this industry. So I went to see them, I took a job with them, and here we are, Zykeo was formed. And, and um, we, we did take a, a little bit of investment from Heidelberg to mm -hmm. where we're up to right now. So we're a wholly owned uh, subsidiary of Heidelberg, but um, we're also completely independent of Heidelberg in so much as we are agnostic. Heidelberg is no more of an important partner than HP would be or the, any other web to print system would be or what have you. Yeah. The, when we talk about democratizing data, we democratize it for everybody. Okay. 
There is no lead partner here. And what we're saying to everybody in the industry, whether you be a software supplier, a machine supplier, whether you be a substrate supplier to the industry, it doesn't matter. You're mm -hmm. all data. So what Zykeo does, it lays down an awful lot of what JDF was in terms of concept. Yeah. Lays it down into a physical platform. And that is a fundamental difference. The platform is the data exchange layer that allows everybody to be an equal in this industry. Big, small, printer, software vendor, substrate supplier, it doesn't matter. If we're all talking the same language, it just smooths out that integration pathway. And believe me, as a linguist, I, I can assure you that if everybody in the world spoke English, then our communication with certain partners abroad would be so much easier. And that, that's essentially taking that, that core concept and mm. bringing it down into the print industry. Although, you know, we're, we're not arrogant enough to believe that we um, are the only answer. There are lots of things that were good in JDF. Yeah. So things like the folding schema, for example. Mm -hmm. And we'll work with that, right? We'll, we'll transfer some of those standards into the Zykeo platform. Yeah. But the idea really for us is that we create a universal platform, which is open to all printers. And on that platform is the opportunity for HP, Heidelberg, Arico, Canon, Konica, et cetera, to work together as equal bedfellows in any hybrid scenario. Okay. Let's face it, Russ, most print houses today are a hybrid scenario. Yeah, I think absolutely, Carl, it's um, very common. It's um... I know at Thorsten, by tradition, we, we categorise customers by the, try and put them into one category, you know, as, as to which sector are they from. And uh, and we had to change that some time back because it, it's it's very common for um, for printers to be hybrid, like you're saying, to have different methods of manufacture, you know, commercial that's maybe stepped into wide format point of sale or uh packaging that's gone into labels and or a commercial that's gone into packaging and also labels and 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 so yeah it's very common to to have a, a whole mixture and i think you're right it, it's a it's a hybrid world now and diversification is is a very positive way forward for businesses as well it is um i mean zykeo spotted that that trend if you like um but it wasn't necessarily the trend that brought us into being mm. it, it was the fact that there were so many bloody problems with going down the hybrid route. You know, you've got to JDF into this and JDF into that. But actually, there's two different sorts of JDF going on. What on yeah. earth is all that about? It, it, it really is that that, that drives us. Um, you know, we, we want to simplify down the entire integration framework for software vendors like yourself, of course. But also for machine vendors, right? We, they're so fed up of, can you integrate with this? No. Oh, God, right. Okay. So ultimately, it's the end user that bears all of that cost, that complexity. All, all really boils down to the printer, doesn't it? Mm. And that print service provider is probably going to bear that cost because he needs to expand. But wouldn't it be nice if we lived in a world where actually you didn't need to worry about, you know, on, on a machine sale, a hundred grand integration ticket to go with it? Or, you know, on a, on a software sale, you know, here's an extra five grand of consultancy because something's so bespoke. Well, actually, if you've got a data layer, it can be as bespoke as it likes. It doesn't need to then be more expensive to integrate. So I, I think we're, we're we're really doing this. Of course, there's a commercial model behind it, right? Um, we will make some money out of it. But realistically, the reason we started is because we saw a pain point, not because we saw dollars, but because we saw a pain point that we knew we could fix. Mm. And it is a big concept, I agree. Um, nobody's done it yet because it's a very brave, bold thing to do. And, and I, I think the more you get to know me, Rasta, you probably understand why I work in this business. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. um, it is the future. It's the future of the print industry. And I, I go back to speaking the same language, right? If we're all speaking the same language, we're all friends, there's no miscommunication. There can be no miscommunication. And ultimately, communication is quicker, it's simpler, it's cheaper what's not to like right yeah so so it's about connectivity that's the the, the drive then is it, it helping businesses well, to to connect yeah, yeah yes and no yes in so much as yes you need connectivity to be able to provide anything that i talked about mm -hmm. but realistically because we're speaking the same language there's a huge level of interoperability there 
Okay. And that's really what we're after is the connectivity. Everybody has connectivity, you know, whether you put an API in place or whether, you know, you've got some FTPs or buckets uh, at Amazon. Connectivity is there for a lot of people. Mm. But what isn't there is the ability to speak the same language through that connection. At the moment, we live in a world where uh, connectivity requires development at either end. And what we're talking about is making it much more of a plug and play. Or, or should we say plug and configure? I think that would be okay. a, an accurate way of, of, of describing where we're going. And I think the whole industry is going down that route. This this is the future. For us. If, if I'm wrong, contact me in 10 years and I will buy your pint. But <laughs> I guarantee everybody we're speaking to, all of the software vendors, printers, everybody that we've spoken to so far over the last couple of years, agrees that this is the future of the print industry and mm. you know it's, it's up to us to make it happen we've already got the apis there we're already inviting people like yourself um to you know to come on board and, and to become part of this sort of wider ecosystem that benefits everybody down the line whether you be the end user you know is ideal for the end user because he's, he's saving massive cost but mm. People like yourselves are going to save integration headaches. They're going to save long-term maintenance of those integration headaches. Yeah. Um. You know, the, the the whole industry should become a lot smoother. It should become a lot more interoperable. And I think that's that's really the key word for today is interoperability. Connectivity is nothing without interoperability. Um. And that's really where I think we are going to take the industry over the next couple of years. Okay. So interoperability then is kind of is taking it is allowing. Underneath there, we've got the connectivity, but then it's allowing people to communicate or, or systems to communicate back and forth in, in the same yeah. same language. So, well, so if, if we take this into human terms, I could give everybody I know a loud hailer, but if they're all talking different languages, there's still a confused message being passed, no matter how loud you shout. Yeah. Right. So if we give everybody a loud hailer, but tell them all to speak English. And that's mm-hmm. an sick thing. It could be Chinese, it could be German. Who cares? Yeah. As long all speaking the same language then actually your loud hailer works right so it's good to have a loud hailer it's good to have your connectivity mm. but make sure your language that's going through it is the same as the person who's receiving it and mm-hmm. that you step in yes okay so so in in that analogy then you've got lots of people loud hailers that they're now all speaking the same language so and, and understanding the same language well that's right i'm shouting across the river all right ross how are you getting yeah. on got that job for me and you'll be able to shout back yeah job's on its way job number xyz boom expect yeah. it on this machine etc right so we, we're using loud hailers to communicate because we can speak the same language mm. we both have that connectivity if you like that those loud hailers but we couldn't mm. speak a completely different language and then what we'd have to do is write it down and go into the office get somebody to translate it for us bring it back and go all right carl yeah i've got your message now I, now i understand it i can respond yes and that, that analogy, yeah, yeah, that hits, hits, hits it to me. So all we need to do is speak the same language and buy some bigger loud hailers. Sort it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say then, if you've got lots of people speaking the same language and lots of loud hailers, then the next challenge becomes of who, who, who listens to which which one. Ah, well, we've got a solution to that. I, again, I don't want to get overly sales heavy on. Uh, yeah, no, no, but it, this, I think the, the point is, is it's it's a, it's a concept what we're talking about here is is what interoperability is and 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 what this what what will this mean for a print business or a packaging business you know what will it what will this translate to for them and so i think the first thing is if we if we can understand interoperability and how that then works that might might help us to 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 understand the what what the benefits are going to be for a print business as well yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, look, it, it is very much a case that as, as software vendors join the platform, there will mm. be, you know, they will listen for events, they mm. will put their roles, and they will issue another event to say that my role has finished and here's your data. Mm. Uh, all mm. the platform. Now, if those if those applications weren't talking the same language, then there would be you know, manual operations at one end, or there would have to be um, some sort of translation into all via JDF. Mm. Um, mm. And it's that that invariably slows things down. So if we remove a certain layer of about this complexity, yeah, we remove a certain amount of work that needs to be done once you receive that data. Mm. That's what I mean by interoperability. The data is in a format that you can work with straight away. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
so yeah, I mean, connectivity being the transfer of the data, the interoperability piece is how you operate with that data. Um, and of course, you know, if you don't need to translate it, it's there, it's ready for you to, to, to do your bit, if that makes sense. So yeah, I think interoperability is really key. We know plenty of software solutions that have massive amounts of connectivity, but still require everybody to, everybody to connect with them individually according to their individual need, et cetera. When in fact, all of that need not be. You could quite, quite easily just platformize the whole thing, which mm. is what, so, <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, we're going back to platformization again. Um, if you platformize, you can become agnostic in your own world, right? So you can not care about the next solution down the process line. You you don't need to worry about direct point-to-point integrations and maintaining them so that you can employ a software piece of software in one regard, get it to finish its job, and then pick up with a completely unrelated piece of software. Um, that might be, for example, if you're using Imposition, you might uh, use a workflow tool and then stop that workflow tool, use a separate Imposition tool, bring that imposed file back in, and then allow your workflow tool to carry on to your machine. Yeah. It's that choice. It's that it's that interoperability, that choice that that I think will revolutionise the industry, where people can be so much more confident that actually, you know, they can build a business without the inherent complexity. Um, a good example would be this: if on your iPhone you attach a photograph from your Photos app to a an email in your email app and send it the photo app is not connected to your email app your photo app is connected to the platform your email app is connected to the platform and they are transferring data when you authorize that data to go from your one app in your photos to go to your email app you're authorizing that saying okay attach and go yeah you authorize it in the moment there you go but guaranteed the email app that you choose and the photo app that you choose are not connected they're connected only through the platform. And that's what we're suggesting for the print industry. All of the apps in the industry can, if they wish, have a data layer like an iOS virtually. Yeah. Print OS or print operating system is, is pretty old fashioned. I mean, we, we prefer to call it a platform. Yeah. Because within that platform, then everybody's talking the same language. We we'll go back to with the interoperability piece again. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, it's, it's it, for me the industry is maturing. It, it it sort of stood still for a while in terms of tech, and I believe that the industry is maturing. I mean, organisations like yourself now, obviously moving into the cloud, for example. Yeah. And leave in a cloud within a cloud scenario. Right. Clouds need to be interoperability uh, operability just as much as anything else. Mm. Individual applications certainly need it for sure. But a cloud service. So I mean, we envisage. Um, cloud services like yours, cloud services like HP services, and cloud services like Heidelberg's and Conicus and so on. All of these cloud services that exist today still need a data layer that we believe provides the interoperability that they need. And yeah. in fact, we're getting really good feedback in that regard as well. So, you know, uh, I think give us a, a year or two. Um, certainly by Drupal next year, we will have case studies with web print. We'll have uh, uh, those running through MIS and uh, yeah. work systems, machinery connected, as well as Postpress and uh, and warehousing and so on. So we're already working with partners on, uh, on delivering that. And I think, you know, as of next year, really the end user can expect a real sort of shift in the IT frameworks that are available to him in the industry. And yeah, I'm incredibly proud to be a part of that. Mm. Yeah, I can, I can understand this, I understand why. We talked at the beginning about about barriers to automization, the platformization of, of, of the industry. And I think one of the barriers, perhaps up until still maybe now, is that in, it's relying, like you say, on on integration that is more bespoke, that often has big price tickets with it to get the the correct licensing or um, gateway technology in place, and you know, so so it has been certain businesses that can only afford to to go down the the JDF integration mm. route because of the not just the cost that's involved with getting the correct licensing and, and uh, infrastructure in place, but also the time. And the level of you know it, it needs 
a JDF engineer from both sides to configure it and make it work and, and refine it. And, and it all comes with a price ticket, not just for the customer, but for the businesses providing that as well. And 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 I think maybe that's one of the the barriers into why whilst everybody likes the vision of of, a, of the JDF integrated and automated workflow, that's a barrier in the time and investment to get that into fruition. And so it's it's been a smaller percentage of print businesses and packaging businesses have been able to do that up until now. And it sounds like what the future you're describing, Carl, is this future of interoperability where it almost takes away the the need for bespoke development, the the, the need for the the level of time and and, in, and commitment to making it work. It, 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 am, I, am I understanding that right? Yeah, 100%. I mean, the, the idea um, for us would be to not replace JDF. Right? Mm. JDF is still a great concept. Absolutely. It just really should be the preserve of something that is so highly bespoke mm. that needs JDF. Yeah. But the truth of the matter is, for 98%, 95%, 98% of print houses, they have very similar challenges, right? Mm. And it's that 98% that we believe should be platformized. There's always going to be a little bit of room for JDF, of course, right? Something that's so highly complex and so very specific to your organization. Well, yeah, you know, JDF is ideal for that, right? Because you do want it interpreted in a certain way and you do want it. But there are standards, right? The, the whole idea of JDF was that it was a standard that just completely smoothed out that data flow. So everybody was talking the same language. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, it's not that anymore. So, I mean, I do still see a, a future for JDF. It still has its uh, has its place in the highly, highly, highly bespoke individual instances. Yeah, I mean, print organisations. But the truth of the matter is, most print organisations will have a need for a connection to HP, a connection to Heidelberg, a connection to I don't know, whoever else, Conica, whoever, um, to send jobs to machinery. Yeah. The truth is what they actually want is they want the machinery to talk back to them. They want to be able to schedule properly. They want MIS like yours to be consuming live data than working rather than working on a, an algorithm. Mm, yeah. What, right. I mean, you, you're starting to see where this becomes attractive to absolutely everybody down the in the industry is that once we move away from JDF as, as, as a, um, a standard and start looking at a product, we move away from any misinterpretation. We we allow customers, i.e. end users, to decide to integrate with uh, a web-to-print system, Fasten, and XYZ machinery. Mm-hmm. Right? So we, we have those uh, a nice little sort of setup for an average print organization. Now, it allows that customer to feel confident about taking that setup without then having to worry about you know an extra 30 grand here or an extra 100 grand there or or what happens if uh, if jdf changes or what happens if 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 once you're platformized the end user stops worrying about those things he doesn't need to worry about those things i mean i'll take it back to my iphone again i don't need to worry about whether that app's tested or whether that app works with my other apps on the platform because somebody's already taken care of that yeah already tested it so i don't need to worry about that it's not my it's not my job anymore as a printer to worry about mm-hmm. those connections it's now the job it's the preserve if you like of euros it's the preserve of suppliers to the industry to say look guys you don't even need to worry about this these big ticket prices for integration anymore what you all you need is a zyko platform and then we're ready to go boom yeah. Life, life becomes easier for absolutely everybody. I guess that's the that's the thing. And it is, you know, we are trying to be altruistic in all of this. We will make a little bit of cash out of it, I'm sure, because we're going to have to charge somewhere down the line for that sort of connectivity interoperability piece. Yeah. But in comparison to you having a fifty, hundred, two hundred thousand pound price tag for your JDF, what we're doing realistically is taking it from a capex. Of having to find 50 or 100 grand or what have you with your mm-hmm. original price and turning it into an operational expenditure yeah yeah so your your, your average um uh, customer will maybe pay us a couple of hundred euros or pounds or what have you mm-hmm. but he's not having to pay 100 grand up front 
Yeah. You find a nice, simple monthly payment based on usage, for example. And yeah. and ultimately, that's how we'll commercialize, right? Um, it, but it will be a tiny fraction of what integration itself costs. Yeah. Um, we often get asked, what's our commercial model? And that's it. Just there. Right? We will take a slim slither of whatever, however many jobs go through. Um, and uh, yeah, that's not completely... Uh, set in stone yet so uh, you know over this next six months or year uh, all of those things will become apparent um mm. but the, the truth of the matter is we're here to benefit everybody in the industry as much as we can right this is a win 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 situation yes we win a little bit but you yeah. as suppliers to the industry win and ultimately the end user wins as well so it's it's unusual to have a solution that actually literally everybody wins all the way down the line and this yeah. is this is truly one of them yeah no, no, it's 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 fascinating. It's it's like I say, it's the print business. Their their clients benefit from it as well because with integration allows you to bring about automation, allows you to bring about more efficiencies in data capture. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and, and if you're um, achieving that in a, in, a, in a much faster, much quicker way, um, mm-hmm. and, and, and I'm thinking of where you very carefully referred to as um, you know plug and configure. Mm-hmm. Uh, rather than plug and play and, and I think what's behind that car is you're saying that it's this is going to make it more accessible for um, a print business and perhaps doesn't have all the development internal development resource or etc mm-hmm. but but they have people who are IT savvy they, they know how to use software you know on a day-to-day basis and and, and are interested in it and, and so can maybe quite easily configure that interoperability between one app and another app a bit like you, you do on, a, on an iphone That's like exactly. android right. so I, I can take my photos in standard photo mode i can take a video or i can put it on live or whatever right it's, yeah it's the same stuff and and ultimately that that configurability um will allow more flexibility as well right so you as an organization will be allowed able to allow your customers much more access to your software much easier access to your software because it is configurable yeah um, and and that, it, it just benefits everybody down the line. Um, for for me, I come from a world where everything should be easily connected. Yeah, I don't um, I don't expect a print house to have an IT team. Just the same, I don't buy a pair of Bluetooth headphones and expect to have to go through some sort of integration exercise. I want to be able to go. Where's the Where's the net? There it is. Boom, connect. Yeah. And somebody else has taken care of that integration for me, right? Yeah. So all well, you have to do is, is switch your Bluetooth on and then it connects. There you go. Right. Mm. And ultimately, that's what we want for the print industry. Not quite. I mean, clearly, right? It's a little bit more complex than Bluetooth. I, I, I just don't want people to imagine I'm it. Glad, I'm glad you clarified that, Carl. <laughs> uh, but um, you'll you know yourself, you know, MIS is a big subject, um, mm. as web to print as is. These are all big subjects. And, mm. and ultimately, there is no clear dividing line between any mm. of them. Yeah. And that's because it's such a big, complex subject. So much needs to happen with the print job before it even gets onto your machine. And then yeah. so much needs to happen afterwards as well, right? So yeah. we, we we don't say it's simple. It, it is, it's really, a, we're having to put a lot of passion into this and a lot of heartache into this to make this truly interoperable and to make this totally agnostic for everybody. Mm. And to accept standards that, you know, we're learning from our partners like you as much as we're able to put a platform in place partners like yourselves will have a uh, an influence on us because you have been transferring data via these old-fashioned mechanisms for a long time so we've got a lot to learn from you as much as we mm. can benefit you you can benefit mm. by you know by guiding us and, and and sort of saying what sort of data you need and that's where we're starting by the way so we're starting in commercial print um we'll be moving into large format label and, and that type of thing over the course of the next year as well um yeah. But initially, we're in commercial print, so we're we're learning what what the do's and don'ts of transferring commercial print data backwards and forwards, yeah. um, and who needs access to what at what time. And and I think that that really is the the learning curve we're on at the moment. But soon enough, I mean, your, your large format customers and your label customers will be able to benefit as well. Okay, so what what are some of the real term everyday things that print and packaging business might start to see? From the fruits of this labour, you know, what 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 does that mean in terms of uh, as a print business, what what they might be able to do? Okay, so um, for example, I mean, if if you really are wanting to hook up um, various web to print systems into mm-hmm. one, for example, that that will be an immediate benefit. Um, so 
the complexity of adding a new brand or a new arm to your business will become so much simpler. Mm-hmm. The um, the average printer, even if he's not multi-branding, will still see a much simpler, low-cost version of their entire setup. They will be able to move away from the whole big capex expenditure when it comes to both machinery and software sales or purchases in their from their perspective, and they'll be able to move away from that and be able to move much more to recurring revenue models. Um, so uh, subscriptions, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Heidelberg's been pushing along that those sort of routes for machinery as as have others, um, but we think that that should apply to software and to services that hinge around the need for inter- interoperable data. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's lots and lots of benefits right down to something as simple as as a software vendor, um, you'll be able to save cost. Will you pass some of that cost on? I would hope that you would. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the 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 the, the benefit is highly highly universal ultimately it is the end user that wins most because he he doesn't then have to worry about those huge costs to get involved with the business he can literally look at forget your capex he can just literally look at operational expenditure per month on software yeah what are my subscriptions simple Mm -hmm. and that that i think it would be a very very palatable thing to most it departments within a printer organization and 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 going back on that by the way i heard a, a colleague on a different podcast somewhere say that actually most people assume that a print house has an it department but it doesn't mm. it has a printer who's learned by yeah. hook or crook to either pay big bucks for what I'm, what i need or to learn it myself and try doing it myself yeah so I think what we also do is reduce the need for an IT department to exist and for you identified that person earlier. That person may be IT savvy, (laughs) but not a developer. So he's quite happy to configure his own software. No problem. Yeah. But he's not able to write the API codes and the various, you know, passing of data here, there and whatever. You know, he's, he's not a developer. And I think that really is the, the, the crux of this. We want to satisfy the print industry, not the development community. The development community will find it easier, of course. Mm. But mm. realistically, it's the end user that benefits most in all of this. Yeah, so so some examples coming up ahead then, Carl. It sounds like the, the web to print, getting your web to print system, talking to your other systems is, is going to be one of the, 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 the key things. And I'm guessing by that we're talking about, uh, you know, an order that's generated on your web print system can then be consumed by your MIS, for example, um, that's right. you know, or, 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 or fired straight into your uh, print queue um, with the artwork. That, them, them sort of uh, workflows, is, is that what you're talking it's, about? That's exactly right. Yeah. And, and, and you could extend that right through into, you know, your pre-press stuff, your post-press stuff as well. Um, <clears throat> it really is universal. Um, some of the early stuff that we'll be doing is we're working with multiple in the UK, let's let's keep it to the UK for yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. In the UK, we've got two web-to-print systems uh, working alongside two um, MIS systems, or possibly even three, mm-hmm. um, working alongside some workflow systems going off to machinery. And that's, that's by the print show. So that's by September this year. We're already working with people like yourselves. Mm-hmm. We're already working with some web-to-print systems. And we, we, we see that as the start of this. Soon enough come the back end of this year and beyond, we'll be working on warehouse systems, we'll post-press systems, we'll be working on all sorts of systems that might traditionally not have been able to feed data in. So, mm-hmm. you know, lots of legacy systems out there that have no monitoring whatsoever. We're working with people who provide monitoring systems for legacy machinery, for example. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the world is a very, very big place for us. But fundamentally, the print industry has a number of solutions out there that are the most common, and they are the web to print systems, the MIS systems, the workflow systems, and the machinery to produce. Yeah. And that's where we're concentrating in the first instance. Mm-hmm. But please, you know, don't don't be um, don't be taking it wrong. We're we're certainly not a um, uh, provincial in our attitudes, and we're certainly not parochial in our delivery. We are a worldwide company and anything we put in place for the UK can equally be consumed just the same in the US, South Africa, whatever. 
so yeah i mean we 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 hope of course to resolve the connectivity issues and interoperability issues that mis uh, like yourself and indeed many web different systems and so on have um but it's not where we'll stop okay so we uh, have a lot of uh, different formats so the large format and labels to do next and then of course we'll be expanding out past uh, production itself into post press and so on um and all of this opens up huge data sources to organizations like yourself and mm -hmm. you guys consuming that machine data eventually you guys will be uh, uh, taking uh, you know various data sources from Zykeo and putting them into your production scheduling for example so yeah uh, we, we we should be a benefit to absolutely everybody in the industry and that's that's certainly my hope and do you see that going through the, the other side as well in, in terms of plugging into suppliers into the industry as well for, for like you know paper materials uh, services and things like that is that uh, direction that it's going to go into yeah so so that's all a part of it we're already working with your dev teams um to provide premier paper for example have given us a data feed we're already working with that data feed and that should be available to your customers um i, I don't know when you'll finish that development but that should be relatively soon mm. um, so you know customers will be able to work with us through their mis to order um substrates and the first is Premier, of course, um, we've worked with them because they're one of the biggest. But, you know, the, the, the truth is there will be further substrate suppliers that bring, you know, substrates themselves, but also inks, chemicals, mm. uh, um, possibly even spare parts eventually all yeah. into uh, this mix. And I think, you know, ultimately it'd be ideal if the MIS out there could take on an awful lot of the reordering of simple things like paper. Uh, mm be on a per job basis or on the basis of the warehouse tells us it has a minimum stock level or whatever mm -hmm. the mis should be able to deal with that and say look we know what jobs are coming in we know what papers you need for the jobs and 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 likewise in reverse we know what prices we know what the availability is so you will be able to check not only against a price sheet that was delivered a week ago you will be able to check against millisecond live pricing with premier paper mm. Now, of course, when we have other substrate suppliers, you'll be able to check millisecond pricing and availability there too, as well as inks, chemicals, washes, you name it, spare parts eventually. The whole thing realistically evolves around the availability of data from those suppliers. So whilst we are ready, we still wait for the industry to catch up a little bit in terms of you know suppliers actually being able to tell us what they have uh, available and what the price is. So yeah, we're we're pushing the boundaries here, Russ. We're 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 really trying to shape the industry by running as fast as we can and pulling people mm -hmm. in our coattails. And the supply to the print industry of paper is one of those old-fashioned industries that really needs to wake up and and become data savvy. Mm. Yeah. So, so um, I'm just trying to think where you could take that then. If if we if we if you communicating electronically to paper suppliers, but for initially or, or an ink suppliers maybe, but that means that using your stock system, you could specify that you, you whenever it gets to a certain stock level that you want to replenish that stock automatically. Yeah. Um. So that it, it's already there as as well as on demand in terms of on a job by job or order or by order basis, kind of be looking at your stock history. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, stock holding. If you've got enough stock, great, you can allocate it. If not, then automatically that could submit a purchase and order for that material and it, with instructions of when it's needed for and, and the pricing is already streamed in like say milliseconds. Uh, yeah. and, but that could also then start to lead into optimization of pricing as well to kind of say, well, this is what we, we, this is what we'd normally do, but maybe we can price check against other suppliers as well and, and, and optimise the, the, the best price for us at that point in time. Is that the sort of thing where you, you see that going? Yeah, I see why you ask. I mean, certainly as an MIS provider, the, the, the ability to check pricing against mm. similar materials, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's an attractive proposition, right? So uh, mm. um, whilst we don't provide any of those endpoint services, organisations like yourself will, right? Yeah, that's what I mean. It, it's it's yep. the interoperability, isn't it? It's the access yeah. to the data and it, being able to plug it simply together. Then, then that, that, I'm just saying that that could open up opportunity for for print businesses. It, it very much does, yeah. And 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 what we'd what we'd assume is that they would work, or rather, they would ask you as the MIS provider to work on those uh, comparisons. Mm. Should we say? I mm. mean, 
we do need to be careful not to become comparison site. We're, 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 of we're course, in, yeah, right? and that that's just one small part of it. And, and, and you know, the automation level, I think, is the is perhaps the attraction here. But the the point that you could take it further as a, as a business, it maybe. I mean, the, the truth of the matter is um, suppliers wouldn't always want to be in a compressed comparison site. And that, that's really what we want to stay away from. However, mm. you know, suppliers are also not daft. Um, there is the truth that most um, most purchasing departments would probably have three or four tabs open at the same time anyway. Right. Of course. Of course. So, and, yeah. You know, and businesses will often spread the purchasing. They might have a preferred supplier and a main supplier, but they will will often look at alternatives and that main preferred supplier might I don't have that stocking at that point as and when they need it so yep. they'll look at an alternative that's real world into this this is what happens this is what happens exactly um so we're, we're not changing very much in terms of uh you know knowledge we're just speeding up the way the knowledge is transferred mm-hmm. <laughs> and made yes. available right so yeah. So, you know, the average person picking up the phone, waiting five minutes for the supplier to get the right person on the phone, possibly even more nowadays. Then, of course, you're not just doing that once. Are you? You're doing that once at the point of quotation. You're doing that once at the point of uh, uh, order. And then if there's a problem with the order, then further phone calls to, to change that. Realistically, all of that can be handled by data. There's no need to be ringing your supplier. Really? Yeah. And ultimately, your supplier, if he's providing um, what is essentially customer-specific pricing to yeah. all channel, which it's all on, on on your account, basically, your account has mm-hmm. levels of pricing, and that's passed to us. That then passes through into your MIS, that passes through into your Web2Print. So you can actually work out what things are in a, in a literally moment-by-moment um, scenario, you can change your pricing on your web, for example. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's that that really is attractive. It's that speed and accuracy. Where you in, in, in involve a human being, even over the telephone, can you get me a, I don't know, 90 GSM, whatever, coated, something or other? Somebody could misinterpret that. They're a bit busy, they're distracted by something that's gone on, and they write down the 120, or, or they write down uncoated instead of coated, or what have you. You remove all of those mistakes when you transfer data rather than picking up the telephone. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. From our perspective, data is king, really. Um, and, and please don't misunderstand me. We never want to remove personal relationships in the industry. But what we would like is for those conversations that you have with your suppliers or your customers to be valuable conversations, not just repeat conversations about a 90 GSM coated, etc. Yeah, absolutely. I allow you to focus on where where you need that personalization and yeah. then, and it frees up time to focus on relationships actually. Right, exactly. Yeah. That's what we talk about, um, Carl, all the time and kind of being bionic. Being bionic isn't just about, you know, using software and, and automating. It's it's using a combination of, of your technology, your culture and your you know, your pe- your people and your and your yeah. processes. It's yeah. your people hope to drive that software it won't just drive itself and and you need you know all of them things technology culture people processes um it, 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 that that all combines together and th- there's lots of examples that we can arc back to in history where you know where automation has come into play and actually that's created more jobs and, and different jobs for, for people to do you know like when the the atm was first developed as a, to automatically dish out cash rather than bank tellers doing it lots of banks actually saw an increase in, in taking on staff because it was then interacting with with their customers for different things mm-hmm. this but is it, it took away the mundane repetitive that's it time consuming processes that that were getting in the way of actually getting to how can i really help my customer staffing is a big issue nowadays and if your staff are utilized doing the most valuable things for your business then it's a no-brainer that it's going to be good for your business to employ those people. Mm. If those people are sat in an office repeating an order for 90 GSM coated whatever every day, mm. it's not the best use of that human capital in your business. Mm. And, and you know, we're not Luddites. We, we don't want to stand against technology in this industry, do we? We want to embrace stuff that's really good for the industry. And I think, you know, yes, People worry about technology affecting uh, human capital and, and you know taking our jobs. But the fact is, we, we can't. We haven't got enough staff. 
the fact is mm. we need to automate to plug the hole that exists in the industry and that is a human capital hole especially nowadays right and, and certainly in recent times to try and find the right staff is becoming ever more increasingly difficult so to to take your existing staff who have all of that good knowledge and all of that understanding about how your business operates and to redeploy them into a more more productive role a more relationship focused role with your customers rather than a repeat you know 90 gsm <laughs> coated whatever relationship so yeah, I mean, get, get rid of the repetition and start focusing on what's good for your business. I think yeah. is absolutely one of the key things that's always driven automation. And I mm. think that's exactly what we're about to take to the next level, really. Sounds it. It sounds it. And so, um, it, you know, this I think we could be talking for a long time, Carl. <laughs> Integration and automation and all them sort of things are, are fascinating subjects. But... I'm going to ask you one last question to, to to wrap it up. Where do you see the the future of the industry? <coughs> data. It, it, the answer is data. Mm. It's as simple as that. Information. You know, it, it used to call it information, but you can't have information without data, and 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 knowledge only comes from information, and so on. There's a full hierarchy there, isn't it? That you need to consider. Yes. It all bases itself on data. Without data, there is no print job. Without data, there is no customer. Without data, there is nothing. And I think we've we've stood still for too long. I think data has been so rich in this industry and it's getting richer and richer and, and bigger and bigger. And mm. we're still working on FTP and EDI connections. It just makes me makes me worry about the future of the industry. And I think that the future of the industry will be secured if we go down the data route, if mm. we simplify that entire data piece. And that's yeah, that's why we exist really to do exactly that. Mm. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from that. Uh, I think uh, I think there's definitely going to become more emphasis on on data, especially to, to integrate and automate interoperability. It, it, that that requires good data, doesn't it? It requires it, um, the the capitalization of data. Um, it, so and, and the the smooth dare I say the smooth transfer and usage of that data is mm. just as important as the amount of data that you shift yeah more, more important so in fact mm. Mm. so yeah it's not just about having the data interop uh, exchange it's about having that full interoperability of those systems which can only happen and i'll <laughs> i might be over egging this pudding but if you're speaking the same language all of this can happen if you're not it can't it's as simple mm. as that. what a what a great point to finish on carl thank you very much so uh, thank you very much for, for joining us today and uh, i do really uh, look forward to, to seeing how this develops over over the um this year and, and the next coming years as well um as i'm sure will many of the many of the listeners so that's it for today's episode of the inkspire podcast a big thank you to carl for, for joining me today it was really genuinely great to chat to you about connectivity interoperability integration and, and where the future where the future is so thanks for listening and please do join us again for the next episode You've been listening to the Inkspire podcast from Tharstern. If you have any questions about today's show or you're interested in being a guest, head over to our website and let us know. And don't forget to subscribe so you can be the first to know when new episodes are available. Until then, thanks for listening.